Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Second Take Movies. I'm your host, Preston Jenkinson. With me today, as my very special guest, is Will Huff. Will, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Preston. Glad to be here. And today we're discussing Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Two Jedi escape blockade to find allies and come across a young boy who may bring balance to the Force, but the long, dormant Sith resurface to claim their original glory. Hmm. Well said. <laughs> so, some of this podcast is going to be someone who loves the particular movie and someone who does not like that movie. And sometimes I'll, you know, so, I guess the basic gist of this show is defending something everyone has said is bad. And sometimes... Right. Me and a guest are not going to agree on something. That's so, right. Yeah. Will is an example of that. He I, loves these movies. I really do love um, the Star Wars saga. I like episodes one through six. Uh, don't particularly care for these new movies that have recently come out. But, you know, I I uh, I grew up with the prequels. Those were really yeah, um, uh, just so popular with kids my age growing up i think i was nine when the when the phantom menace came out yeah i remember my mom taking me to go see it dude that's awesome and so I, you saw it in the theater yeah wow so yeah. When, when i was nine i was like oh star wars you know even even when if you don't like the prequels getting to see them in the theater mm-hmm. that opening scene with the you know the 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 text that comes up what's mm-hmm. that called the opening crawl opening crawl ah oh, chills i love it it's so good speaking of which the first note that i have that i wrote down when i was watching these movies hmm. ian mcgregor yes like just one of the best moments in or just one one of the best casting moments in movie history oh my gosh i mean however you feel about these prequels Perfect casting, yeah. incredible acting. He honored. Um, oh, I wish I. Alex name. Is, I think it's Alec. Yeah, something. There, there's whoever's listening to this and knows Star Wars is screaming at us right now. Yeah, seriously. Um, but uh, you know, I, he, he really uh, modeled his acting off of. Um, he really studied and paid attention to uh, the original trilogy, and uh, he did a phenomenal job. Yeah brought a lot of life to the character um i think there's uh, obi-wan is um uh, you know at this point uh such a symbolic figure in the mind of um everyone mm-hmm. and so the humanity that he brings to the character i think is, is just exciting. I, I was correct it was alec guinness sir alec guinness that's right yes yeah sir alec guinness yes yeah. he's Correctly addressed. And also, Liam Neeson is Qui-Gon Jinn. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Incredible. Yeah. You know, I think he represents, honestly, the best of the Jedi Order. Yeah. Um, He kind of represents the epitome of what it was to be a Jedi Knight. But he, he also seems like one of the more reckless Yes, because he's he's so willing to take on a second Padawan. In fact, let me take back what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I think he represents what a Jedi should be. Yeah. And you see his character contrasted with every other Jedi mm-hmm. in the rest of the prequels. Um you know those that follow the co- the code to a T, um, and even just the path that that leads them on. Yeah, but I I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm excited to kind of unpack that with you, Preston. Now we're getting into the critical areas because that that was the only two good notes I think I took. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't. Well, well, okay. Well, wait. One more thing. Okay. John Williams. Yo, of course. Fantastic. 
he is gold. Anything he touches. I I don't know how people feel about this, but I would argue even that his music in the prequels surpasses his music in the original trilogy. Okay, one more caveat. Let me okay. Just say. Okay. As people listen to this, they might think that I am. The original trilogy is better, hands down. Oh yeah, that's There's no question. No denying that. But I think one of the redeeming factors of the prequels is it it, it complements the, the original trilogy in, I think, a very, very good way. I think it helps it. I think it helps the story and adds some depth. Um, but, I mean, and John Williams, you know, uh, just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I was listening to the soundtrack earlier today, Press. I know it was Ooh. on when I came in. <laughs> Uh, all right so it opens up two mysterious hooded figures on this ship yes and apparently there's something about a a trade blockade you know george lucas said these were for kids and he just crams it full of politics and it's like that was a little weird yeah i will admit it it kind of okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, the very first critical note I have is that the the viceroy accent, like George, what are we what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, it's I'm scared to do the accent because I don't, you know. Uh-huh. you're so good at it though. I know, but <laughs> I think if it's an an imitation, it's fine. yeah. But I mean, yes, I, you know. I mean, yes. This this is a, a a franchise about space wizards with laser swords that move things with their mind. Yes. Yeah. And you know, you you put a funny voice in there for the kids. I get it. Now, he does that in the original trilogy as well. Yeah. Um. The general, General Akbar. Admiral Akbar, excuse me. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> okay, granted, I will say, when he went back and did his graphics updates mm-hmm. to the trilogy, he tried to do, he had added humor for some reason, and it's not really that funny. No. Uh, you know, and and I mean the visual humor. There's like you know. a, it, I think it's, I know we're kind of jumping into the original trilogy, but. It's hard not to. There, he added a shot of like this giant elephant thing just walking into frame, completely blocking out a shot. So weird. that's the one thing that sticks out to me every time I rewatch those movies. Oh yeah, because that's the only versions you can find out there. Or or in in movie six, you know the the um, the singing scene, the yeah. number, yeah, yeah. In the original, you know, uh, movie, it was not this big. Right. And then he turns it into this right. cartoon. Yeah. Um. So. No, I see that point. I yeah. think that's true with the the Viceroy. They just, well, <laughs> let me get into Jar Jar Binks, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like enough has been said about Jar Jar, <laughs> but we yeah. should. We have I'm to. Ki- yeah, I am kind of tempted to skip that just because all that's been said, but there's. <laughs> I would encourage everyone who's listening to this to go and watch a video it's from eight years ago um called what if the what if the prequels were good and it starts you know obviously it starts with the phantom menace and it's basically re- they're they're redoing it and that's one of the first I've seen these i think I, I sent you the video yesterday credit to bela franklin for showing it to, to me um hey bela <laughs> he's probably not listening um but it, it that's the first thing they take out is Jar Jar, yeah, completely get get rid of him. Well, had you heard this, Preston? Um, I should probably ask that after I tell you. But yeah. um, originally, and there's a lot of support for this. Originally, Lucas was planning on Jar Jar being, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. a Sith Lord. Have you heard this? I think I have. And uh, 
it was really set up for that that he was uh, just playing dumb. Well, he in was the first movie. T- he was doing a great job at it. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and I think that's where it backfired. But he was going to be. I, I think, yeah, everyone hated him so much. But um, you know, we were going to see his rise to the ranks with Palpatine. You know, he was going to. Yeah. Well, he he eventually is the one that puts up the vote, which yes, as this is kind of skipping a little pre a little sneak preview for the third movie, <laughs> Padme. Padme. That's right. Gives up her voting power to, to Jar Jar. It makes no sense. Like absolutely no sense. You don't have anybody in your crew, like your security right? guy, like. Well, and I guess, you know, he's of Naboo, mm-hmm. so he's technically a citizen of her planet that yeah. she's representing. Yeah. But, right, it's uh Just throw a rock at anybody on Naboo. That would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, is he a citizen? How yeah, the, like, because okay, the, he's the, a citizen. I mean, it, I mean, it's the planet of Naboo. Okay, so that's how it works. So, and the Gungan City was in the water. This is a rabbit trail, but, like, in Star Wars... Are there planets that have split kind of communities or split countries? Or is it really exclusively planets in Star Wars? That... There's planets, you know, there's the, the, moon, the, the moon of Endor. Sure, yeah. But really, it's just exclusively, if you're on this planet, yeah. you're part of this. Interesting. You're, you're a citizen of Naboo, technically. Very interesting. Even though you live in the Gungan City. Yeah. And you, your head guy goes. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to do that. <sighs> Honestly, Preston, I would listen to a podcast of you just doing impressions. Like wa- watching at thirty-two years old, watching Boss Nass. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, we could have man. eliminated all of them anyway. Yeah, yeah. So they meet the Jar Jar. They 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 fight through the Viceroy ship. They stow away. Go down to the planet because they're invading Naboo at this point with all those. Why they make these battle dro- battle droids that are just you know basically toothpicks that you can snap. Yeah. And then they invade Naboo and. They meet. They get. They get some help from the Gungans. They end up in Naboo City. Yes. Oh yes, because she's been kidnapped at this point. Yes, and and, and so they, they rescue know, her. You know, because they're escaping with an understanding of, okay, this invasion is about to happen. Yeah, and they know that. Yeah, um, but that the people of Naboo, Naboo do, do not. Yeah. It's a surprise attack. Yeah. Another note I had is everything is shiny. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of that lens flare. That that first. <laughs> C3PO droid or protocol droid or whatever you want to call her. Yeah. She's just shiny. Yes. And, and uh, I'm used to <laughs> I guess the old man enemy was like I'm I'm used to Star Wars looking lived in. Yeah. It's this beat up futuristic <laughs> 70s futuristic cuz it cuz what it what it kind of does is visually it makes the prequels look I mean they, I mean they were used with it, using advanced filmmaking at the time. But they look more advanced than what's happening twenty years later. Yes, yes, absolutely. That um, that was his big mistake with all the blue screens and. Oh yeah, I think, and I think that's a a trap that a lot of filmmakers fall into these days. There's few that still stick with traditional visual effects. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's a term for that. And that that's my favorite thing about the new trilogy. Yeah, is the amount of practical. Stuff they use with puppets. It looks good. Yeah, I will does. admit that. Yeah, it, I like the puppets. The puppets and the because like the those the banthas in the original trilogy were just elephants with stuff thrown on them. Oh, so cool. They they found uh, elephants in I think they were in the Gobi Desert. That's so cool. I can't remember where they shot that. They're yeah. in a desert somewhere. I think it was in Gobi. And they just threw like a costume on an elephant. Oh. And, and and put some masks on the sand people. No, I lo- I love practical effects, and I think it's uh, it grounds it and it keeps a film from aging. Uh-huh. Because because now we look twenty years back mm-hmm. at these prequels, and the, the visual effects are mm-hmm. a little. 
And there's another very good YouTube channel that I love to watch, Corridor Crew. Okay. They have, they're the, the visual effects artists react that you've probably seen the thumbnails where it's like a yellow background and they just react to visual effects in different movies because oh, they're cool. visual profe- yeah. professionals. They, they're very critical of it. Yeah. And they're, they're, their, thing, their thing is always CGI should, shouldn't be the it, first answer. It, it should, it should, it should complement and improve on what's there. That's right. You shoot as much practically as you can. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's and that's what well, Baby Yoda in the Mandalorian is a ten million dollar puppet. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, wait. Actually, ten million. It was cost ten million dollars to make that puppet. Are you serious? Yeah. Like the one that that's moves insane. around. And it, like, I mean, it looks incredible. When, when you see it moving in his arms, that's the puppet. Yeah. And that's Pedro Pascal is holding a ten million dollar puppet in his hands. Oh my! And it's being goodness. operated by somebody off screen. That is insane. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That yeah. show is so good. But what's 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 the conflict? What why are these why are these guys blockading Naboo? Who are these trade federation? What are these separatists? Because that's thrown around in these movies, separatists and the Republic. Yes, you know, it's it's in the dialogue at the beginning of the movie. I don't exactly remember, mm-hmm. but they're definitely maybe. Uh, they're 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 capitalistic very much you know mm-hmm. about the money how yeah. can we make the most how can we do what's best for um for our our crew our our people mm-hmm. um, but i mean they're basically being goaded on by what we don't know yet yes they're being used by the the future emperor darth sidious but we oh we don't quite know i <laughs> have no idea I mean, if only you could look up the that the the actor playing the emperor, the same one that played him in Return of the Jedi, no and kind of figure it out. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I was first watching these movies, I had no clue. Like they 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 did a pretty good job with that because he changes That's his voice enough. Yeah, That's I'm kind of so like, who is it? Who's this guy? Oh, there's so this, people didn't know. There's this sent. Well, I think most people knew. Yeah. Like people that re- grew up with the original trilogy recognized recognized him. But I was like an idiot teenager at this point or in, in middle school at this point when the second, by the time the second one came out and chief Palpatine was there, I, ne- I never put it together until the third one. I was like, well, they don't oh, seem, that was him. Yeah. No, no. They, they, they seem like two different people. Two yeah. Different he, I mean, he, he, he did a pretty good job. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's, and, and you know, depicting an old man in yeah. the original trilogy. So you would also not expect him to appear so young in the prequels and, and to, that people off too. to to give him credit for other people's bad decision when he came back for that third movie in the new in the new trilogy he he was doing he's doing palpatine yeah he's doing the emperor he did an incredible job i have he, to give him that he, he he does a great job with that character just with crappy dialogue and story and now, me and will will probably cover cover <laughs> those movies at some point oh yeah absolutely well and i think Again, we, we, this is kind of a thing we'll have to touch on when we get to episode two. And three, yeah. But um, you know, the question is, did that happen to Hayden Christensen, um, or is that Hayden Christensen? You know, is is what Hayden? Is... This is the a good script with bad directing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've seen him in other stuff, and I'm like, wow, he he can. He's a great actor. I think so too. Is George was just on the set, like, well, there's gonna be this going on in the background, so you just, just, just do this, just, you know. Oh, that was great. Oh, now we're gonna put this is what's gonna we're gonna have stuff flying by in the background. Is what's gonna happen. Everything's blue right now, but it's gonna be flying by. This is what's (laughs) gonna be flying by. He probably spent more time on what was flying by in the background than he did actually directing actors in this movie <laughs> oh, i'm sure well and poor hayden i mean i think oh yeah the he, nerves I mean, you must have well before we even get to hayden friggin jake lloyd the kid the right? kid like yeah. this movie ruined his life i know like Which, I, I googled him the other day just because we were doing this and he's like he's been in rehab twice for alcoholism um and he's been had several duis and he he I think he dropped out of college, and mm. well, it, this movie made him want to quit acting because he had been in two or three things before this, mm. and I think he's my age actually. But mm. yeah, he said that it made him want to quit acting because he got picked on so much at school. 
but we haven't really gotten well, to him yet. But <laughs> I mean, the lightsaber battles—that is—that is one thing. These movies improve with those each time. I think the lightsaber battles in the prequels are incredible, especially that final battle with Darth Maul. Oh my! Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute because. Yeah. That deserves its own section of this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I was told by Obi-Wan in episode four that the Force was mystical. The Force is an energy field. It penetrates us, surrounds us, and binds the galaxy together. So it was this mythical force, literal force, that just, you know, lived in people and kept the universe going <laughs> but here it's kind of like this science thing. yeah yeah and by this point in the movie we've run off of the planet and we're we've we the ship is broken down just to catch people up with what's going on in the movie ship is broken down we've landed on tatooine yet again yeah <laughs> like we like to go back to in all of star wars media every star wars movie. i'm in a desert i don't know <laughs> And is it in four, five and six? No, it's in six. It's in six. It's not in five, is it? No. So five is the only Star Wars movie that Tatooine is not in. Yeah, because even the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, the Mandalorian, Mandalorian goes, goes back. To Tatooine. Um, they didn't well, go to it in Rogue One. Rogue One didn't go to it. Uh, Han Solo, they go to Tatooine. Yeah. Don't they? With, I mean, at the end, they like they reference like. Oh, I know a guy on Tatooine who's got a job for us. Oh, it's a different planet. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Last Jedi, they're not. No, nope. didn't go to Tatooine. So there's Rise, of, Sky, Rise of Skywalker. They did. Uh, Ray goes back to a house that she has no reference for. I think that from here on out, every time we say Rise of Skywalker, you should bleep it. Because <laughs> on on this podcast, um, you know, we do our best here to. To give movies a second chance yeah. to really try and redeem these films, but I think I think that is a curse word There's on this no podcast. Redemption for that movie? Absolutely not. And you know, you're welcome to. I mean, if you have a different opinion, mm-hmm. you can express that in the comments. But I just just want to put this out there. Anyone listening to this, because we're probably going to cover someone's favorite movie. Oh yeah. And if if it's good, Prepare- I'm I'm glad that you like this. Yeah. I'm glad that you li- like and. And love to, to watch whatever movie we're going to talk about. Sure. You can have that opinion. Sure. It's okay. Yeah. This It's not a personal attack on you. And that's well said. It's not a personal attack. It's fun. I think that the more brutal we are, mm-hmm. the funner it will be. Yeah, it's, cause it's funny to me. Yeah, absolutely. Just being honest. With you, yeah. All right. So, Tatooine. We've so, landed. We need to go find a part. Yeah. So, Qui-Gon decides to put on a poncho. And decides to bring Jar Jar Binks to go and help find a part in the desert. And then the the security guy makes him take what eventually ends up being the actual Queen Amidala. Yes. Which is Padme, which I guess that means Kira Knightley's in the makeup at this point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and, and by the way, yeah. Kira Knightley, Natalie Portman, look nothing alike. I think they kind of do. And maybe that's just me knowing how famous both of them are now. So when you go back and watch that movie, it's like, oh, that's Keira Knightley. I think if you've seen them in enough films, you, you, you kind of do tell the difference if you've seen them in enough movies. But I remember being a kid and thinking they looked identical. Yeah. I mean, it, it's easier to disguise them when they're in that geisha makeup kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. And what is what is this this voice in a committee? Not going to voice this in committee. It's just this palindrome, this this monotone voice from Queen Amidala. Is this like required for royalty? Let let before we move on. Yeah. Let me argue in in favor for something. Go for it. That's what this whole thing is about. All right. I see characterization happening with Qui Gon in his really advocating for Jar Jar. His belief in jar jar uh-huh you know this is this is a person that no one sees anything in and he is uh, he's 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 believing there's something there he's believing jar jar is someone who can help yeah and i think 
you know, maybe that maybe that was Lucas's intention. I I don't know whether it was or not. I think the art could be interpreted that way. I think that you could see that being an important character element, mm-hmm. especially in you know what he does with with Anakin. You know, he 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 comes back with Anakin to a council, um, and even his Padawan has his doubts. But the council, of course, is just in total disagreement with Qui-Gon. He's he's too old. They quote-unquote sense mm-hmm. fear. This is another Jar Jar. Someone who should not be yeah. here. And, and Qui-Gon sees something in him. Now... So it's better to abduct chine, tiny children and <laughs> train them up from then? I know. It's kind of... it's. He saves them from slavery. Yeah. He saves Jar Jar, too. But we too. Can't, can't save the mom. No, can't save the mom. And hey, Queen Amidala, you know, I'm sure you've you've got the cash. Like maybe yeah. you could literally buy his. Good time to reveal yourself for me. Like <laughs> I want to save this boy's mother too. Would Qui Gon have said, you know, hey Amidala, uh, let's not pay for Anakin. He needs to earn his freedom. Probably he and Qui Gon probably sees is kind of like yoda does later on sees his attachment to his mom as what's going to be his weakness we with the benefit of being the audience and knowing what's going on and what's going to happen i would say anakin knowing that his mother is safe because apparently it was palpatine that put those dreams in his head later on as we'll discuss and when we talk about the third episode would have been a a a leg up on uh, him not turning to the dark side. That's right. Because he kept seeing like, oh, my wife's going to die in birth and I'm seeing my mom die. And I think he sees that in the, in the second movies when he starts seeing that. What I see is a theme in the prequels and it's kind of starting to develop here. Yeah. The major conflict in the prequels is within Anakin, but it's also between Anakin and the dark side and also the Jedi council. And I say Jedi Council, I don't say light side. Maybe maybe we could say light side. I think the council at this point is supposed to be they've that the Jedi have existed for so long. So now they're they're really high up on the mountain. Yes. They're in their little tower up there. Yeah. They're, they're they've kind of become like the ultimate peacekeepers and yeah. them not them what I will I'll give this these movies credit. It it sets up an excuse as to why they didn't freaking know there was a Sith user out there. Well, and it's... They got lazy. He, here, Here's what it is. So they, they all follow kind of the stoic philosophy that is, you know, we're, we're going to remove ourselves from our emotions. Mm-hmm. Any attachments, um, you know, anger, um, but even love. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all seen as weakness. Yeah. Um, it's this removed feeling, and I think that's what Anakin really has to grapple with throughout the prequels. Is you know how does how does he understand how does he how does he suppress this love that he feels for his mother, yeah. for Padme, for Obi Wan? Um, you know how I think he concludes it's not possible, or even that it's unjust. Yeah, that it's un, it's not it's not right. Yeah, I think we can empathize with Anakin in that. But I don't want to get. I want to talk about that throughout. Yeah, I have. I think there's something there. That's like a, a episode two. Oh yeah, Attack of the Clones conversation. Which yeah, we really need it. I guess what you could start to see in Phantom Menace is the heart of Anakin. Oh, what's that scene with the kids? Oh, have you seen this? There's a deleted scene. I don't know if Anakin is being bullied or someone else is being bullied. I haven't seen this, no. There, There's a bullying, deleted scene, a bullying scene, um, the kids, and I can't remember if they're picking on Anakin or if they're picking on a friend of his. I wish that had been left. On, on Tatooine? Yeah. Um, I think I have seen this. They're picking They're picking on Greedo. That's right. It's trying to set up Greedo for... Um, but like you're Anakin, gonna get yeah if you keep doing that you're gonna end up getting shot Greedo or something like that. Yes. Well, I think and Anakin helps him right. Yeah. In the deleted scene. Yeah. Um, that's shown in other ways in in the first movie. I think you know you have Anakin. You know he's told to. Well, I might be jumping ahead. I was gonna talk about the ending scene. But uh, we got we're we're at this point. Okay, we've we've got our our party going. Into into town, Qui Gon has disguised himself with yes. a poncho again. 
Uh, it's just this is what stuck out to me. I mean, you, you're obviously a Jedi. You you look like a Jedi, dude. So we go in and we enter this 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 shop, and there's this precocious little ten year old running around. Yeah. Where no, he gets they he tells him to come on in. Uh, Watto is his name. That's right. The flying ant eater. You do impression of him. Oh, the boy's good. You so good at this. I don't know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Imagine working for that guy. He's yeah. your boss. Well, I mean, your slave master. <laughs> I mean, he's not really working. He's. <laughs> gee whiz, like. But yeah, he Anakin comes in. Apparently, Amidala falls in love with a nine-year-old at this point. A sixteen-year-old. So is she actually sick? I thought she was fifteen. Is she sixteen? I think Natalie Portman herself was like 18 or 19 at the time. She's supposed to be 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Anakin's nine years old. Is what is what it's supposed to be. Still gross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're only six years apart. I mean, it's gross at... It's uncomfortable, I, I suppose, to see... Yeah. But, you know... I, but I by, the, by the time we get to 10 years later, he's 19 and she's 20-something. I think. I think the... Maybe the mistake is Padme does not appear to be as old as she is. And this this is the the, the second good part of the belated media video is they bring up that Obi-Wan should have been a teenager at this point. And he should have been like, Jar Jar is gone. Get him out. And so Obi-Wan, of course, would accompany Qui-Gon to Mos Eisley. And he would have kind of had eyes for Amidala at this point. Wow. And so, and then they said to make Anakin a teenager as well. Huh. So when those two first meet and Qui-Gon's like, oh my gosh, this kid is so talented, blah, blah, blah. So Obi-Wan would have been like, master, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. So Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship would have started off really strained. Oh, definitely. And that's why Obi-Wan would have probably been more reluctant. And that, that would... All of this would evolve into the the fight they eventually have. There's a reason that Anakin would be more jealous in that fight scene when he says that you're trying to take her away from me. You know, the princess, the, the queen is kidnapped. And just going going back to that, Naboo has no army. She just has this security force of like five dudes. I, I suppose so. I think... They must well, have been this like ultra peaceful society for however long. And I think so. And I think, you know... There's the naivety yeah. of the Naboo people yeah. in that. Because I think she got so much pushback, Yeah, right? When she starts to talk about this invasion coming, we yeah. need to prepare. Yeah. You know, they, they really talk of, no, we, we are at, we've been at peace with the, the Trade Federation. There's no way. I think that naivety, perhaps you see that even mirrored in the Jedi Council throughout the prequels. I think there's a lot of that in the prequels. There's... You kind of see things happen on a small scale, mm-hmm. and then again on a larger scale throughout. Okay, um, you see you see a lot of things mirrored um, with the Jedi Council, but um, at least that'd be my thought. So they meet. Qui Gon tries to buy the parts with Republic credits, and he tries to do the Jedi mind trick of credits will do fine, and Watto's just continuously. No, they won't. <laughs> it doesn't work on him. No, he's 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 immune to. He knows what he's doing, and he's like, "What are you doing, Jedi?" Even so why was that significant? I'm trying to. Remember. I guess he's not weak-minded. Huh. Interesting. Or he's just so headstrong when he negotiates that. Is that true of all the the Bing scenes? No clue. Uh, so they can't get that. So they end up. Does he make the bet with him then? No, because he doesn't know about the pod racer yet. No. They so they just I guess they just end up leaving because he's like I gotta find a way to. Well, there's a sandstorm coming and they're trying to get back to their ship. That's right. It's like we'll figure out something. Yeah. But the sandstorm's coming too quick. Anakin says, "Come home with me to my place." And and there's the kind heart of Anakin. Yeah. Right? He's such a sweet boy. Yeah. Um, he cares for his mother very well. Mm-hmm. I think that's important for us to see. Because all we know of that name really is, but when this was in theaters, when it first came out, the only reference we had to Anakin was this monstrous, disfigured-looking guy behind an oxygen mask. Yes, that's all. That's and all we he, need. we all we have seen him as is the epitome of evil. That's right. 
the greatest movie villain of all time, in my opinion. That's right. Yeah, I would say so too. Just this, because like when he, he first walks in in A New Hope, it's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's a he's a kind boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Genuinely cares. Has a good heart. Yeah. So the question is, what ruins him in the prequels? Mm. Does the Jedi Council play into that? Are, 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 is there influence there? How do I say? Because there are restrictions on him. But I will say, along with that kindness, it, it is also this real cockiness. This cockiness, yes, maybe some real sure of himself. Some some fear. Because when he tells him about when they we we find out about pod racing yeah. in this movie, which is one of the best scenes, it's very well shot. It's very well shot. One of the best looking effect shot in the movie. Like they spend a lot of time like a lot of stuff looks rubbery and shiny and not there. But the shots of the pod racing, great. It does look very good. And I I think that plays to, you know, the fact that he is the best pilot Mm -hmm. in the galaxy. Yeah. And uh, it's it's important to know that from an early age he was he was he was driving. I guess Qui-Gon finds out about this and then he tests his blood. He's he's testing the kid. He's testing <laughs> this kid. I guess because he senses something in the kid, but he's just and his mom this, has no problem the with this. Scientific method. This this stranger with a ponytail and a goatee is poking my son and getting his blood and sending it. Uh-huh. Who knows where. <laughs> Um, but we find out that he's his midichlorian count is off the chart. And then he has a converse, conversation with Shmi. Is that her name? Shmi? Shmi? Shmi Skywalker? Don't even remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's right. Shmi. He's Something like, like that. Who is the father? And she, there was no father. So we have, not only do we have, we have, we have, okay, so the force is now midichlorians. It's the science thing. But now, along with that, we have immaculate conception. Maybe there's a point, or maybe maybe we could interpret it as, you know, okay, this is this is how to observe the world. This is how to observe how the force works. Mm-hmm. But there's still the spiritual element. And and apparently, in one of the comics that they've recently come out with, sure. it was kind of insinuated that Palpatine wow. created like kind of. Because I guess he was planning, he had this planned way out. Oh and he goodness. basically impregnated Smee Skywalker. I don't know how he found uh, her. You know, I've heard that too. I would much rather it be like the Force balancing itself out. Yes. The theme of Star Wars is balance, if anything. Absolutely. To it at its base. Because there's always been Sith and there's always been Jedi. And there's always a balance. Evil sometimes wins. Good sometimes wins. It's the the, gal- the galaxy or the universe or whatever is impartial. It just needs the balance of those two things of the yes. force. You know, because it's it's Taoist philosophy. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's this idea of chaos and order. Because mm-hmm. I always I always interpreted it as this this evil was rising over here. So the force was like, let me put a whole bunch of light side here, and that's how I always thought of it. So I don't know if that comic is canon or not. I hope not. The next day, we find out about pod racing. Yeah. Because Anakin brags is, again, bragging about his pod racer and that he's the only one that can do it. Yeah. But I think it belongs to Watto. And so Liam Neeson gets an idea and says, I'm going to gamble on this slave's life. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes, right? And says, uh, if he wins that race... I'll take him with me. Put it up to John's with the John's cube. And they... Moves it with the force. I can't remember why they were rolling the dice, but I know there was a dice or a die, whatever. They had something to do with... Singular version is. If he would do it or not. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's Qui-Gon, of course. He he can't manipulate Watto. Watto? Watto. Watto in the right way, in the normal way. So Mm -hmm. he has to do a different method. He he knew that he would take a bet. Yeah, that's right. So we, we have the race, and wouldn't you know it, a Skywalker in a Star Wars movie wins the race. And so <laughs> we go back to the house, Anakin's packet. Oh, forgot to mention, Anakin created 3PO. Yes. Okay. He doesn't recognize him in the original. Well, I mean, his, 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 his mind is, they wipe his mind at the end. They just, they have a little throwaway line at the very end of the third movie, like wipe the protocol droid's mind. But my thing about that is, R2's right there. Yes. 
They didn't say anything about wiping his mind. No. And I he, think can R2 communi- remember. he can communicate with 3PO. So does R2 not have any memory of what just happened? I think he's not telling 3PO. He's yeah. just not telling. He's just like, I'm he's just. He's so smart. He does that so well, doesn't he? Because, you know, he keeps this. Because he's, he's, he's very sassy, I li- George. Yeah, I like to think he's a little George. smart ass. You know, he, he's going to keep a secret. Yeah. He's so faithful to Anakin. Yeah. And to Obi-Wan. Yeah. But I just, I just hated that. Like, okay, yeah, you got Anthony Daniels in a Star Wars movie, but <laughs> did it have to be? Like, he could have been one of the robots on Naboo. Anyway, he tells 3PO, can't take you. Watch it. Look out for mom. Help yeah. her out around the house. Yep. But he finally realizes, oh, I can't take my mom with me. What's the deal? Yeah. But then this woman lets her kid. It's one I, of those. It's so. But I guess she wants better. I guess the the way to interpret it is she wants better for her son, and it, she knows she's not getting out anytime soon. It's like the highest honor in the galaxy, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. To be a Jedi and. The opportunity for him. You might argue that a, mo- a loving mother would would not have done anything else, right? Yeah. And uh, she 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 knows there's no way out for her, and I guess she, she would rather have her son. This is his chance to escape, yeah. and there won't be another one. So we we uh, we take a child and we go to Coruscant. Yes, this is the planet is one huge city. Yes, and Anakin's too old. Like how how young are these kids? I think when they, they start, start training at like probably two at, or four when they start walking i want to know how they identified these kids it must be does every newborn get their blood tested for midichlorians potentially i don't know do they ever say oh no yeah and then it's probably explained in one of those old books before disney bought everything seriously so we're on coruscant he said no you can't train him and qui-gon's like i'm gonna train him anyway and apparently they're okay with that, or they just... It's like, you can do it if you want, I guess, kind of thing. But he's too old. Much fear we sense in you. Fear we sense in you. <laughs> and fear does lead to anger. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If anything, anger is an expression of... But appara- and also there's this thing of the Chosen One. And Qui-Gon is dead set that it is Anakin who's going to bring balance to the Force. Although it could be interpreted that, just like Abraham, God said, it's going to be through you. Not necessarily you. I would argue he is the chosen one, and he brings balance to the force. Yeah. And the thing about that prophecy is there's not necessarily a time constraint on, say, how long that will last. Yeah. Because maybe the balance is Vader and Luke. Yeah. Or should I say at that point, Anakin and Luke. Yeah. Both alive. For, you know, 15, 25 minutes, whatever it was, before the Death Star explodes. And there's balance. Mm-hmm. And he brings balance to the Force. And I think, too, you know, you could interpret this way as well. The Jedi Council really needed to end. Um, it had become something so far from its roots that it shouldn't be anymore. Yeah. And so... Potentially, you know, the force is bringing back the balance that the universe, the galaxy, I should say, really needs mm-hmm. to, to function well, to be as it should be. And so part of his bringing balance is actually taking down a lot of the council. And that's part of yeah. my argument. And I would, you know, that's maybe more episode three, but yeah. I, I, I kind of let, let the cat out of the bag right now. You know, I think... At least in, in the Star Wars world. Now, I think it's a different worldview. It's a different philosophy. Yeah. It's very Eastern. I would not... I mean, they're basically samurai. Yeah. I mean, you know, in in real life, <laughs> I would not agree with a lot of the premises or the, the guiding principles oh, no. of the story arc. But in within the story, mm-hmm. you know, part of... The work of the Chosen One was to essentially eradicate the Jedi Order. The Grand Force, whoever, whatever that is, is like, okay, I didn't say anything about an organization of, like, limiting what people can do. Yes. I mean, you're just the lights out of the Force. Yeah. (laughs) Y'all came up with this lightsabers and and, uh, you can only do this and let's snatch up these kids when they're really young and 
put them into training and let Yoda stand in a room while they float stuff around. <laughs> yeah, it's meant to be this constant conflict. Yeah, and and at least in the Star Wars universe, yeah. it's meant to be the Force has it so that mm-hmm. um, there is always two sides to the coin, and the best place to be is right in the middle. So. After we leave the Jedi, Qui-Gon decides he's going to train Anakin. For some reason, he takes his new Padawan back into Naboo, where there's mm-hmm. a battle going on. Yes. Maybe leave him at the temple. Yeah. For real. <laughs> it's like, this is a boy, no training at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he's a Like, I think the Jedi would, they would see that as like, yeah, he can stay here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to have him at your. I mean, he's nine. You don't have to have him at your side at this moment. Yeah. And we'll just fast forward. You know, they get to the planet. Blah blah blah. We'll fast forward to the final, final. the end of this movie. Yes. He tells him to stay in in, a, in the cockpit. Yeah. And he just apparently there's a, a helmet that's just the right size for a nine year old in there. <laughs> <laughs> and he flies off and eventually blows up the Trade Federation thing on accident. But Darth Maul. We finally get to him, which throughout this movie, we've seen him. He's the Phantom Menace. He's just been in the background. He's maybe said three words, and he's already become the coolest character in all of Star Wars. So cool. So cool. Played by Ray Park. Well, you know, it goes to even the original trilogy that Star Wars has always been a very visual story. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you have the light in the dark. You have the blue lightsabers and red lightsabers. You have... Yeah. Um, even the colors of the costumes and the way that they dress. Yeah. With, you know, with, with, of course, the original trilogy, the, the Empire yeah. is looks very similar to, say, Nazi Germany, you know. and uh, Even with the uniforms. and The way that, you know, Lucas so wisely had people dress... Uh, you know, visually as the dark side, visually as the light, I think they become larger than people. They become symbols. And Darth Maul is like that. Yeah. He, he I mean, he's like basically the devil or like the... He does look like a devil. The the, ima- yeah. the imagery of... The typical imagery of what you think of as the devil. Yeah. Like just a red a red Dude. and black dude with horns. Exactly. Zadrak, like is that his species? I think that's what the name of the species. Wow. Yeah. They're from Dathomir, I know that. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a demon. Yeah. And I think already there's where Lucas starts his, you know, the cool thing that he does with, with Palpatine in the prequels. I already want to argue about, <laughs> there's there's something I want to say about that, so remind me. In, in, this, in the next one? We'll do it in the next episode. Okay. For what Lucas lacks in storytelling and act and and directing his actors whoever coordinated the fights on this movie you you did a good job absolutely because i mean just the doors open and it's just darth maul just he's got his hood up he's it's just him and everybody's already like getting out Whoa. of there he, and even qui-gon and obi-wan i probably were like oh y'all y'all gotta go so it, it's one of the best fights in star wars in my opinion oh my gosh so good. I mean, there it's it's like it's obviously coordinated. Like you can see, they take swipes at each other, and it's a lot of. But I mean, that's what you want in a fight like this. Well, and I would argue, I've got all the arguments today. Okay. They show. I think what's what's even cooler about the prequels fights is well, you see this in Empire Strikes Back, which is the best Star Wars movie ever made. Yeah. Um, but I think. The force element for Jedi's and Sith who are having sword battles is they're using the force as they fight to okay. kind of sense yeah. where the lightsaber is going to be. We, we go through this long hallway fight and then the, one of the best examples of show don't tell about the light yeah. and the dark side of the force is yes. when those they run down this corridor and all of a sudden there's these barriers there and they're just stuck looking at each other. Oh, I love that scene. Qui-Gon just kneels down, retracts his lightsaber, kneels down, and just meditates right there on the spot. Oh my gosh, yes. Meanwhile, Darth Maul is just pacing back and forth like a lion that's about to rip the throat out of something. Oh, it's so good. And it's just a great visual example of light side, dark side. (laughs) Yes, the contrast. Brilliant. And then they separate, and they go back, and, they, and then Obi-Wan gets stuck in there. Yeah. And then now it's just Qui-Gon going through, like, 
And then he, I forgot to mention Darth Maul has a double bladed lightsaber, but you've probably seen it. <laughs> I hope, hope not. I hope so. If you have, I think I had that toy as a kid. Oh, it's so I know cool. I had the Qui-Gon one, but I think I had that one too. I had the Qui-Gon lightsaber. And then, so they just fight, fight, fight. And then he knocks him one good time. Like he takes the, the, the handle of the, the blade, knocks him. knocks him. What? No, he blocks and then knocks. Yeah. And then right in the stomach. He's yeah. dead. Obi-Wan. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so, Obi-Wan activated a little bit of rage in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some attachment if I've ever seen it. Yeah. <laughs> So it eventually ends with Darth Maul, and we'll we'll wrap it up at this point. Darth Maul gets cut in half, yeah. falls down a shaft. You gave us one of the coolest characters in Star Wars, and then and you then killed you killed him right there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, thank God for the Clone Wars. Would you argue that they should have not had Count Dooku at all? Yes, and just kept yes. Darth Maul. Yes, yes. Obi Wan promises to train Anakin, and then it ends how just about every Star Wars has ended it. At this moment in the huge ceremony where the Gungans get a glowing ball and there's a medal ceremony. You were doing so well, George. And then Anakin does a little smirk and then Natalie Portman's over there was, he's nine. Yeah, he's nine. <laughs> and he's got his little Jedi braid. Yeah, he's, he's moving up in the world. Yeah. Oh, so much to talk so, about. This is good. It's final good. verdict <laughs> at the end of this. I, I, I would give it, I'd give it a seven out of ten. I'm still at a five. But that's what makes movies good. Yes. Is the discussion afterwards. It's art. Yeah. It, it art is subjective. In, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Well, art is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another conversation. Yeah. Right? Well, that is the end of the very first episode of Second Take Movies, Will. How wow. do you feel? I feel great. You know, it's. Uh, I think we've accomplished a lot here. This is... Uh, I would say an important topic yeah we've got (laughs) a lot of fun we've got a lot more conversation to go on so you can catch the rest of those in the next two episodes which are probably going to be up with this one uh the the first three episodes are probably going to be all available at the same time so you can probably watch us descend into madness as we go on into the night uh (laughs) please subscribe leave a review you know if you if you found this on accident thank you for listening this far in is it fate maybe maybe uh so we will see you next time on second take movies 